My name is Kevin and I came to London in 2009. Quivino lihona sanam dum agustakoni orm ilunden osin gamile isanai. Where was I born? I was actually born in London in Croydon. I was born in Mayday Hospital and my dad is what you would call a plastic paddy, which is that his parents were Irish, but he's technically English, even though he passes himself off as more Irish than most people that I know. He's always listening to trad music and he's got a tricola in the living room and he is very keen on keeping up with current events in Ireland. And he met my mum, who is from Cork, where I grew up. So I am, I guess, a quarter English. My mum, who is from Cork, came over in the late 70s, I believe, with her sisters. And they were doing what most of the Irish did back then, which was make some money to, to go back home. But she liked it. She met my dad. And then I was born. So she settled here for a while. And then my parents split up when I was about five and a half, six. I remember having a birthday party at Godston Farm when I was, I think that was my sixth birthday. And I went back to Ireland not long after that because I had my Holy Communion and everything in Ireland. And I, I do remember there was a transitional period where I was losing my English accent. And I had to sort of lose it as fast as I could because it was making me stick out like a sore thumb. And I would say things like wota instead of water and things like that. I grew up in Cork City, just off Shandon, which if you look up Cork on Google, you will see a big church tower that has a salmon on the top of it. It's called the Four-Faced Lawyer because the time is different on each one of them. It was a fantastic place to grow up because it was a city, but it was small enough that no matter where you went, you would know somebody. So you never felt lost, but it was big enough to explore because you can walk everywhere within the city centre. So within the north side, no matter where you are, you're about 15 minutes walk. But I was right just beyond the river when I was a, a kid. And then I grew up in Goran, which was up where my nan's house was and Blackpool. So I've lived in a few places in Cork, but it's all walkable and it's, it, it's a great city for kids, I think, because as I say, you can't get lost. It's, no matter where you are, you're only a few minutes walk from home. And I had all the amenities that you'd want. So I loved growing up in Cork and I, I had a fantastic experience. So I consider myself to be Irish because of uh, my upbringing and because I don't have as many memories as I'd like of England when I was a kid. I came here in my 20s. So and up until then, all my 20s, I spent traveling. So I was living in Australia. I was living in LA. Uh, I had traveled for a, a year and a half. I was constantly on the move and I would return to Cork, save up money and head off again. And I thought that London was just going to be another stop on the way. And uh, it was good for now and to see if I could make some connections, get to know people, figure things out and see if uh, people were respondent to what I was doing or what I wanted to do. And uh, the way that it worked out was that I got a project off the ground and suddenly everybody wanted to meet me and, and get to know me. And I felt very welcome and very comfortable. And it felt, it, it felt like no wasn't the time to leave. And it's felt like that for a long time. So I've sort of stuck around. Did I travel with anyone? I know I traveled with friends uh, when I was a backpacker, but everywhere else I traveled by myself and uh, I was always bricking it. Like I was terrified. I went to the States and I thought um, I didn't have a driver's license when I went to the States, which 
in retrospect, was incredibly foolhardy and a, a dumb thing to do. But I was of the belief that you can get away with an awful lot when you're Irish, when you're abroad. People will will welcome you with open arms and they'll look out for you. And you're never really too far from a friendly face. And I just used that to my advantage. I ended up just asking people for help if I needed help. And I had never had an experience where anybody turned me down or rejected me. I always found um, a way to land on my feet, even if it was just staying on somebody's couch for a couple of weeks. What was my journey here like? It was, it was around the time of the financial crash, so everything was sort of slowing down. There had been a writer's strike that had just happened as well in LA. So it, it was a, a topsy-turvy time, and I flew from LA to London. So it was a long old flight. I felt trepidatious and I felt unsure of what I was doing, but the way that I've always operated is to back myself into a corner and feel like I have no other option, no other choice. And the alternative is worse than not doing anything. So I felt grateful to be able to come here and to know that I had family here and I had people here that, that I know would, would look out for me if I needed it. So it didn't feel as daunting as, say, going to LA or going to Sydney and things. What was Ireland like when I left it? There was a lot of dominoes that fell after the 2008 crash, and Ireland was one of them. Bent mortgages and um, properties being built that really there was no need for them to be built, and mortgages being offered to people that were extortionate. So a lot of crises hit at once, and Ireland got a big bailout from the UK as well uh, to sort of keep it afloat. Describe Cork. What was it like? It used to be, it used to feel, and this is going to sound like a criticism, but it used to feel like going back about 10 years from the UK. So uh, things were slower paced and, uh, you know, it's a different culture completely. You might speak the same language, but you have different music. You have different, like different songs would make the charts in Ireland. There'd be different things on the telly. Uh, it was, it was unfortunately very focused on religion so you had to go to mass if you didn't go to mass that was scandalous a lot of activities were sort of built around that so you'd have like um the u clubs would be run by the church and they'd have pool halls and they'd have badminton courts and and table tennis and board games and whatever and all the kids would just go there to to hang out it, yeah it was behind the times but in a in a good way you felt you felt I don't know, safer there. And then in the last 15 years, it's become a lot more cosmopolitan. It has changed drastically. There's been a lot of European immigrants and African immigrants and Asian immigrants that have come. And that has diversified the city an awful lot. So it's, there isn't that homogeny. Like when I was a kid growing up, I didn't see any black people. They didn't exist in Ireland. It was something that you'd see on the telly, but you wouldn't see on the street. And no, it's, it's very different. It's much more bustling and European. I just love that I grew up in Ireland. I feel very much Irish and I didn't have any bad experiences. So it sort of was a, was a good place to grow up, I think. I come from a big family. I think I'd have to count now, but I think I have 31 first cousins. So Irish families, like my dad is one of five and my mom was one of 12. I was the only, only child 
in a sea of big families. So I didn't feel like an only child. I think sometimes only children get painted as distant and, and odd kids. But because Cork was such a small city and everybody was living close to each other, like my uncle lived right across the street from my nan's. So when I'd be up at my nan's, the half the street was my family. So I was always surrounded by cousins my own age. Uh, I think the six of us that are at the same age and we'd always be hanging out together and getting up to mischief and things like that. So I felt like I had a very close relationship with all my cousins. Now when I go back, it feels like it's moved on so quickly that I feel like a stranger at home. Uh, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that there's been so much construction. The streets are no longer the same. The pubs are gone. A lot of them, uh, everything's been renovated. The little shortcuts that I take are no longer there. And there's just a lot of unfamiliar faces. And of course, a lot of people, a lot of people that I grew up with have moved away as well. So they've all left and gone elsewhere. I do a podcast with a guy who's also a writer and a friend of mine and he left Cork and he's gone to Donegal. So there's a, a lot of that as well. A, a relative died recently and she was the last person to, she was my aunt, she was the last person to live in my nan's house. And when I was back for her funeral, I remember thinking, I'm not sure I'm ever going to walk up this particular street again because there's not really a reason to go up that street anymore. Whereas I would have spent 10 years of my life living on that street. So Cork feels more unfamiliar to me now than it does feel like home. When I went to college, I did film and video production and I just sort of tried to figure out a path for me to do that. And it didn't involve Ireland, unfortunately. It was a very parochial uh, setup there in terms of filmmaking. And Dublin was as far as away as London and I ended up going to London after a stint in LA because I lived in Los Angeles for a little bit as well mainly because I have a lot of family over here as well my dad's family I have a lot of cousins here and it didn't feel as alien to me or or as daunting as even Dublin would have felt and it worked out in so much as I got a film made through the British production system here that was called Grabbers and it was the right move I think for me. I had been writing for a few years before I came to London and I wasn't making any uh, headroom. So I don't know, it, there's a thing in Ireland where you have to go away to make it. Uh, we're a little bit more resistant of supporting our own uh, at times. You know, Some people might take offense to that, but that's the way it can come across. So oftentimes you have to leave the country in order to make a go of it. And then you're welcome back with open arms because you've proven yourself a little bit. So that's been part of like the Irish story for at least a hundred or so years. And um, I was just another one of those people. A lot of the Irish are of the belief that there's nothing for you here. So you're better off going out there and seeing what's out there for you. Right now, there's a big story going on at home because it's the highest number of young people that have gone to Australia to live and work on like a, a holiday working visa. 10, 15 years ago, I was one of them that did that. So it's not a big shock to me. But for some reason, having 26,000 young people heading off to Australia is, I don't know, uh, seen as cause for concern. But I think that's just part of the Irish culture, which is to get out there and explore. We, we managed to get everywhere. I was a backpacker for a while. Uh, traveled around the globe and everywhere I went, I bumped into 
other Irish. In fact, I was in Fiji once and I was at a, a sort of a tiki bar and there was, you know, drinks being served and there was fire dances and whatever. And at the corner of this little table, one guy says to me, are you from Cork? And I was like, huh? He's like, I, did you go to the Mon? And the Mon was a school that I went to. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I know your face. And I thought, oh my God, I'm 10,000 miles away from home and I'm bumping into fellas I went to school with. So, you know, that's being Irish. <laughs> it's encouraged because you know that no matter what happens, you can always come home. So when everybody else is doing it, you feel, you feel like, yeah, it's a done thing. So the Irish just tend to travel. We'll do gap years. We'll take a break from work. We'll, you'll meet an awful lot of Irish teachers, actually, when you're backpacking. Because a lot of them tend to choose that job for the three months holidays where they can head off and see the world. So, yeah, no matter where you go, if you're backpacking, you're going to meet Irish. And yeah, there's an awful lot of Irish in London as well. What is my biggest memory of Cork? My biggest memory of Cork would be out all the time. In the, from the, the, the moment after you'd had your breakfast, you were hunted out the door and you would just hang out all day on the streets with your friends or your cousins. And I would be down in Shandon Park, we'd be playing football and we'd be exploring all these derelict sites, uh, old pubs and stuff. We were mad into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so we'd each have our characters assigned to us. And me and my cousin Rory and my friend David Austin and my other mate Banger, uh, I don't know why he was given the name Banger, but it was Christopher was his real name. We'd be just hanging out, and David O'Sullivan as well. We'd be hanging out all day long. And then around six o'clock, I would walk all the way up Cathedral Road up to my nan's house to have my tea. And then I would head out back out again for another three or four hours. And I'd try and get back to watch Star Trek The Next Generation and yeah, kneel in front of the telly and then up to bed and it would start all over again the next day. It's a child's memory, but I just remember it was always sunny. It was always warm. I was always in shorts and sometimes freezing in shorts. And uh, I was just out all the time. And that almost sounds like it's from such a bygone era that it's it's almost idealized. But that was like the late 80s, mid 90s. And that's just the way that it was. Everything was was simpler. And yeah, you would just, you'd make your own fun. and. For me, Cork is friendships and family. Did I speak any Irish when I lived in Cork? Yes, I did. I had to learn Irish. It's part of the curriculum. So, you know, everybody would start from the minute they start school speaking and learning Irish. And, you know, you're, you're referred to in school by your Irish name. So my name in Irish is Quivin Olihan. And so all throughout school, I was called Quivine. And I also don't like the name Quivine, to be honest. It's not a very like tough sounding name. Well, there's a, a few footballers now called Quivine. So it sort of, you know, upped its cool factor. But at the time, it was like, it almost sounded Queenie. And I didn't like that. I was six when I went to Ireland. And I was just dropped right into it. I remember there's a, there's a tick over certain vowels in Irish. That's called a fada, F-A-D-A. And uh, it sort of rounds out certain letters. And I didn't know what they were saying. I thought they were saying father. And nobody explained to me what that was. So I was on the back foot immediately with Irish. And I had a lot of difficulty wrapping my accent around the Irish. 
And because I wasn't good at it and because I wasn't sort of excelling and it was almost, you know, a, a way to separate me out and almost laugh at the English guy trying to do Irish. I never really liked the language. I didn't like my teachers. Now I look back and think, God, it's such a beautiful language. I wish I could properly speak it and converse in it because it, there's there's a couple of things that really like grab me when I go back to Ireland. And one is hearing Irish again on the telly and hearing people speak it fluently. It's so beautiful and mellifluous that I resent the fact that I was scared of my Irish teachers. They were really hard on me and, and they sort of like killed any potential love I would have had to learn another language, a language that I love. What was I expecting of London before I arrived? I didn't know what to expect, truth be told. You know, I was born in England, but the first six years of my life I grew up in Catrum. I didn't live in central London, and central London is where you need to go to work. So that was daunting in itself, you know, getting on the train. And I have a friend from Belgium who will get into London sometimes quicker than I will, coming from Surrey. It's considered a village, but I think there's about 100,000 people there, so it's big enough. It's When I was growing up, Cork was 150,000, and 250,000 if you included like the entire county, all the rural parts of the, the county. So they're comparable in terms of size, but Kitchen feels a lot smaller. Can I remember my first few days or weeks when I first moved to London? The first few weeks I was writing an awful lot. I didn't unpack my suitcase because I didn't know how long I was going to be here. I reached out to some contacts that I had. There was another Irish guy that lived here. I think he lives in Bournemouth. And his name was Danny Stack, and he was a writer as well. And I reached out to him to see if there was any use for me here, if he knew of anyone that could use my enthusiasm, my uh, skill set, and what have you. And I did a, a couple of short films for him as a production runner, uh, driving the Luton vans for his shoots and stuff. Oh, yeah, I remember I, had to, I took my driving test over here because there was a massive backlog in Ireland. So after I came back from L.A., the first thing on my agenda was I need to get my driving license. And in Ireland, it would take at least about a year to sort of get your lessons, do your test and get your license. There was such a, a, a huge backlog. And I came to the UK and I think I had my driving license within about six weeks. So I did about four weeks of lessons and my test was about four days after that. So there's a lot about London that I love, but one of the main things I love is efficiency. It's a very efficient city. How does London compare to Cork? London is very, very different to Cork. It's, it's a city where there's about a hundred different things going on and all these different communities are coexisting at the same time and thriving at the same time. And they're in their own world. Whereas in Cork, if you went up to a bus stop in Cork, you would just end up talking to people, even though you don't know them from Adam. You just talk to them because you're in Cork. Why wouldn't you not speak to them? You might pass somebody on the street and say hello to them. In London, it's about who you know. And once you become part of a community in London, it's a fantastic place. But it, 
if you are new here, it can feel a little tougher to break through because everybody's just invested in their own world and doing their own thing. And everybody's, you know, going from one place to the other and they know where they're going and everybody's got purpose in London or it feels that way. Whereas in Ireland, especially in Cork, they're on Irish time. Everything's much more relaxed and easygoing. So it's the people is the big difference. Is there anything from home I really miss? The thing that I miss most about Cork, I think, is it's the language. It's the turns of phrase. It's the way that people speak to each other. It's very colourful and there's a lot of similes and analogies and turns of phrase that I love. And when I come back, I'm like, oh, I drink it all in. I just love hearing the way that people would describe things. Nobody will say something in a direct, straightforward way. There'll always be some sort of twist that they'll put on it. I go back to Cork and I'll hear words I've not heard for years and years where someone will say, he's a dinger for the writing. That means like he's really great at it. He's got an affinity and an aptitude for it. I miss being called a langer when I'm in London. When I go back to Cork, I'm always called a langer. In fact, on the set of Grabbers, that film that I made, uh, True London, my nickname was Langers. And I had to correct the director who sort of told everybody that I was Langers that that's not how you would say that because that's telling everybody that I'm drunk all the time. Langer has three usages. A langer is like an idiot. Uh, it's also like the male appendage. Um, but if you're langers, you're drunk. So he was telling everyone that I was langers and they'd be like, where's langers? Langers is over there. And I'm like, stop calling me langers. Just tiny little things like that or somebody's having a rabby, which is like having a tantrum. Just the way that we speak is almost hybridized English and I love that I love the way that we talk to each other and the way that we can talk to anyone have I experienced anything that made me regret coming to London I've never had a bad experience in London I've never felt that I don't belong here or I'm not welcomed here I think the English treat the Irish as like cousins up the road we're very familiar with each other. We we know each other's sensibilities, even if we don't know our points of reference or our experiences. But we're, we're clued up enough that it's very easy for English and Irish to just get on with each other and to understand each other. There's no lost in translation moments. And I, th I think because the UK is a union, and even though a republic is not part of that, by extension... There's a need to understand the others. So you've got the Welsh, the Scottish, they're very different culturally to the English. But there's a familiarity there and we mix together and coexist together so well that as an Irish person, I never felt like a stranger in London. I always felt, even though it's a bustling, busy city and people are, you know, focused on what they're doing and they don't have time for bullshit. They're very friendly. They're very easygoing and welcoming. So I never had any difficulty, uh, never felt racism, even though, you know, th there's been a fraught history between the two countries. I never felt that. I never was scolded or derided or mocked or, or treated as a blow-in, as we'd say back home. So I've always loved London and loved the English, and I've just felt very happy here. What do I do here? So I came here in 2009 to be a screenwriter and to work in film. I 
was one of those weird kids who knew what he wanted to do from the very beginning. I saw Jurassic Park when I was 12 years of age and I felt this religious calling where I remember shuffling out of the cinema, hearing the music going behind me. You know, everyone's bunched into the little uh, corridor to sort of make their way out at the same time. And just thinking, I want to do that. I want to work in film. I didn't know how I was going to do it. didn't know what the pathway would be for me, but I just knew that that's all I wanted to do. And uh, a lot of that has to do with development. So, you know, you get hired by production companies or um, studios and things like that. And you will develop material for them, write the outlines, take it to treatment stage, do your first draft, do a pass at that. And then it goes out to financiers or it goes up the chain of command. And sometimes it gets greenlit and sometimes it doesn't. But that's what I do for a living for my sins. Would I be the same person if I hadn't made the journey? If I didn't come to London, I wouldn't be a professional screenwriter. I would have still been on the outside trying to break in. London welcomed me immediately. They took a script that I wrote that was set in Ireland with Irish characters that I made no allowances for anybody outside of Ireland understanding. I wrote all the characters as if they were my family members. I used all the, the turns of phrase and languages and language that I love. Um, I just wrote a very selfish piece of material where it was something that I wanted to see in the cinema on a Friday night and I didn't give a shite if anybody else saw what I saw in it but I just had to write it and I wanted to write the most shamelessly Irish piece of material that I could and it took going to England for it to be embraced and it was the UK Film Council at the time they were the production company or, or they were the, the financiers that came on board with a British production company called Forward Films and uh, one of those producers was English and the other producer was half French half English they read the script by uh, an Irish guy that was all about Ireland and they loved it and that opened all the doors for me where I got to meet everybody in the industry and and sort of make a go of it. That wouldn't have happened if I stayed in Cork even though I wrote a script that was essentially based in Cork. It took coming to London and being brave enough to chance my arm that it, that it came together and I got a film made and I got to travel the world with that film so I love London for all that it's given me. And that is one of the biggest things it did, which is it made, to sound really trite and cheesy, it made my dreams come true. <laughs> What's good about this city? Transportation. Everything in London runs like clockwork. There's a bus every 15 minutes. You're never late because of the reliability of the buses and the trains and the tube. It's a huge city, but you can get everywhere within about an hour. When I was in LA, if you wanted to go 15 minutes up the road, that would take you an hour. Uh, there's no transportation like it anywhere else that I've been to. Maybe Sydney had yeah uh, something comparable, but Sydney felt like a much smaller city than London. Yeah, the buses, the trains, it, I, I love that. I love the fact that I can go anywhere, see anything, get anywhere I need to without uh, difficulty. What isn't good about this city? What I don't like about London is that all the pubs close incredibly early. When I go back to Ireland, the pubs are open till at least half twelve and sometimes two o'clock in the morning. And if you know the people, you can sit in the back and they'll just have a lock in for you. And then once the staff get bored and they finished cleaning up as much as they can, they'll come over and tell you the guards are outside. We need to close up. And they're just making it up in order to get rid of you so they can go home. But in London, 
after about half ten, unless you have a private membership to some club, you're not going to get a drink anywhere. So I find that baffling about such a, a, a bustling city that everywhere is shut by about 11 o'clock at night. Do I have a favourite thing to do in the city? If it's like a touristy thing, I would say you, the museums and art galleries in London are second to none around the world. I would say that you have to, to visit some of them. The Natural History Museum is just stunning. So you could spend an, a whole afternoon just wandering around a couple of those aisles. I would pick one of those, just seeing things from all around the world that have been curated and gathered together and displayed here in pristine and beautiful condition, I think. Do I miss anything about London when I'm not here? Anything I, mi I miss my dad, I suppose. My dad's here. I didn't grow up with my dad, so I feel like we've been making it for the last time. And uh, I have a, a relationship with my dad that I see in some of my friends they don't have, which is my dad feels like one of my best mates. So we will often go for a drink together. Uh, we're in a table quiz together. He's just great company and I, I love hanging out with him. So I love being able to, to hang out with my dad. And when I'm not here, I'm like, I wonder how my dad's getting on. Where can I get the best Irish cuisine in London? One thing you're not going to get in a restaurant in London or anywhere really is a stew. And I know that might sound a little bit of a cliche answer, but it's one thing that I love eating when I get back to Cork and that's having like skirt and kidneys, like a stew that is, it's stew that's basically like uh, kidneys, potatoes, salt, pepper, onions and thyme and it's delicious. And it just reminds me of my nan's house, but it's something that I think if you're from Cork, you've definitely had it. And when you're away from home, you'll end up like me missing it. So I love Irish stew. I'm mayor for the day. What would I change? I think one of London's greatest strengths is its diversity of people. There are so many cultures here. Uh, you've got Notting Hill Carnival, obviously, but sometimes they tend to drop the ball and they won't celebrate other cultures. Um, they're great days out. So whenever there's like a Paddy's Day festival and it's not always there every year, sometimes they don't do it. That's always a fantastic day out. London really go all out to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. But I'd love to see that with all the different denominations and cultures because it's one of the things that makes London unique is the diversity of people and the cohesion and the, the acceptance from all these different communities. Everybody rubs shoulders with everybody else. You get on the tube and you might be, no matter how many Irish there are around the world, you might be the only person on the carriage, but there's someone from everywhere, from every country on that tube. And they're all Londoners. And I think that's a great strength to the city and it should be celebrated more, I think. And that's it for this episode of I Came to London. Join us again next time for more stories from the people who make London. London.